Welcome to the Teaching Behavior Together podcast, where I provide you with actionable steps for making your classroom management plan effective by incorporating behavioral and social-emotional learning activities into your daily teaching. Hi, I'm Maria, and I have 10 years experience in the field of behavior analysis. In each episode, I will be providing you with effective and evidence-based strategies you can use to create a classroom environment you want to go to each morning. No longer will you be driving home in tears over the overwhelming feeling of trying to manage student behaviors. So sit back, listen up, and start seeing success. and welcome to this episode of the Teaching Behavior Together podcast. Today we're going to be talking all about strategies that you can put in place if you have a student whose behaviors have been maintained by peer-mediated attention. So this is can be really complex and it can be kind of tricky in a classroom setting. So I want to give you some actionable strategies that you can take if you do have a student who you have determined based on a functional behavior assessment that their behavior is maintained by peer attention. So again, this can be a bit tricky in terms of putting in place an intervention because it's not only requires you to implement a strategy, but also some of the peers in the classroom to be responding in a certain way to behaviors. I do just want to preface this episode and let you know that completely eliminating all attention for behaviors is probably not a realistic goal. So I just want you to keep that in the back of your mind. The strategies that I'm going to present are very well-rounded, meaning that you are going to put in strategies for the antecedent, the actual behavior, and then the consequence end of the behavior as well. So you're using a well-rounded approach so that you're making sure that the strategies that you are putting in place are robust and can address the behavior and teach really important skills so that our students are successful. I also really want to quickly preface this episode with just saying that if this is something that is challenging in your classroom, it does not make you a bad teacher. It does not make you not good at your job. It doesn't make you any of those things. This can be really, really challenging. Probably one of the most challenging behaviors to address are behaviors that are maintained by peer-mediated attention. So I want you just to keep that, again, in the back of your head. This is not a reflection of you as a teacher, and hopefully the strategies that we talk about in this episode are things that you can take back to your classroom and really help teach and bolster the skills of your students so that they are successful in your classroom. All right, so let's get right into the strategies. So the very first strategy that I would put in place, and you've probably heard this before, is to have a conversation with your class about reacting to different behaviors. So you can have a conversation with your class just about how we respond to different behaviors. So it might be a discussion about if a peer calls another peer a name, or if a peer makes a joke at another peer's expense, or if a peer is really disruptive in class, how we react as a class to those behaviors. And this is an antecedent strategy, so you're having this conversation up front, maybe during morning meeting or throughout the week or, you know, just over time, you're really reinforcing this concept of sometimes our friends are just having a hard time and this is how we appropriately respond to that behavior. I know I probably started off with this episode with a strategy you've probably heard before and you're probably thinking, oh, that didn't work for my classroom. I need something more. The next intervention is something that you might not have heard of before, but it's called actively caring for people. And actively caring for people is an intervention, intervention package really, that builds skills around being kind to each other, volunteering, supporting each other, building a really strong classroom environment where the premise is that we all care for each other. So if you haven't heard of actively caring for people, it is a program that was developed by Dr. Scott Geller, who utilizes a whole research 
Research Lab and the principles of behavior analysis and the principles of human behavior to develop this intervention package essentially that really teaches the skills like kindness, empathy, volunteerism, supporting one another, those types of things, compassion, all of that around building these strong communities. They have a really great book for teachers that I highly recommend that you check out. And it's just something that you can, it's a really quick read. You can read, utilize this intervention package in your classroom. And what this is gonna do is gonna, it's gonna help build a strong community in your classroom. So if you're looking for really concrete ways to build relationships with your students and also have your students build relationships with each other, this is a really great resource. It's not as simple as just telling your class not to react to a certain behavior, but to really teach those foundational skills of empathy and all of that, everything that I've already mentioned, so that all of your students are actively caring for each other in the classroom. So if you have a student who can be disruptive while students are engaging in some sort of learning activity, just talking about how that disruptive, disruptive behavior can affect everyone else's learning, or if you have a student who doesn't know the difference between kind and unkind things to say, really practicing that skill, which we're going to talk about in a minute, but also just building in these empathy skills and being kind to one another can be a really great antecedent foundational strategy that you utilize in your classroom for behaviors that are maintained by peer attention. Because as you're teaching these skills, then students are naturally contacting peer attention when they're engaging in these different behaviors that are getting their peers attention in a really positive way. Attention-seeking behaviors, especially attention-seeking behaviors from like a peer-to-peer -peer attention standpoint, can be really hard to intervene upon. But once you start intervening upon it, the power of positive peer attention and that natural reciprocity of engaging with a peer in a positive way is a really powerful reinforcer that is naturally mediated, right? So when you're engaging positively with a peer and there's that reciprocal interaction, that's naturally reinforcing to a lot of people. So it's not something that the teacher then has to mediate and add an extrinsic reinforcer on top of that all of the time so again this is a great strategy is you know having a conversation with your class and then also utilizing the principles in the actively caring for people intervention package i highly recommend you look up scott dr scott geller and his work and everything like that it's very research-based and based in the principles of behavioral science so now that we have some antecedent strategy in place, we're going to talk about some different behavioral strategies. So we've talked about this previously is identifying lagging skills. So if you have students who are engaging in disruptive behavior for peer attention or um, some sort of like unkind comments towards peer or telling jokes at a peer's expense or calling peers names or that type of thing for attention, maybe they're swearing in class for peer attention, it might be because of a lagging skill. So what I would do is identify some of those lagging skills and then teach those explicitly. So some of these lagging skills might be being able to initiate a social interaction with a peer appropriately. They can be discriminating the difference between what's kind and unkind. Not all of our students can tell the difference between what's kind and unkind to say, or they might not realize it right off the bat. They might think that it's funny, or they might think that it's a joke or something along those lines, when in reality, it's hurting someone's feelings. So you can do like a really quick uh, stimulus discrimination task where you just have a bunch of like unkind and kind things written on a piece of paper and just have students like sort them for like an unkind column and a kind column, just so they can really see, oh, okay, it's, it's, kind to say this, it's unkind to say that. You can also identify lagging skills related to disruptive behavior. So does the student not know how to get my attention appropriately? Does the student not know how to get a peer's attention appropriately? Can the student not tell when it's appropriate to shout out during class first, when it's appropriate to raise your hand? All of these types of things can be skills that you build over time. 
Sometimes I think we really take for granted what we think our students know and what they don't know. And sometimes we think, oh, they're engaging in that behavior on purpose. But in reality, it's because of a lagging skill. And if we take it an approach of teaching different behaviors based on lagging skills and reinforcing those skills as we start to build them over time, we are going to really be able to maximize the student success in our classroom. Lastly, we're going to talk about the consequences end of this behavioral contingency. Now, I hate the word consequences because it has a really negative connotation and people think it means punishment, but really what we're talking about is the outcome of the behavior. Whenever you see a student engaging in a socially appropriate behavior or obtaining peer attention in a really socially appropriate way or just a more appropriate way for your classroom, definitely provide a lot of reinforcement for that. Now, the function of the behavior we have identified through a functional behavior assessment as peer-mediated attention. Therefore, that natural peer attention that's occurring is going to help maintain the behavior, but it doesn't hurt for you to also recognize the importance of their building a skill and they're learning over time and you are really reinforcing that you're acknowledging their behavior and how appropriate it is for the classroom. If you haven't listened to the reinforcement episode, I highly suggest that you listen to it because we talk about different reinforcement and how reinforcement is not just extrinsic rewards, but that in order to build skills, we really need to provide reinforcement. And what's really nice, like I already said about peer mediated uh, reinforcement or peer mediated attention is that that's a naturally occurring reinforcer when you're engaging with a peer appropriately. So our students are going to be getting that naturally occurring reinforcement and that's something that we actually have to provide extrinsic reinforcement for. But if you do have to make sure that you are acknowledging the behavior and you are providing some additional reinforcement so we help maintain that behavior over time. Now I know what you're probably thinking, okay, so how do I address the behaviors if some of the undesired or inappropriate behaviors are still occurring? So say I have a student who's still cussing in class or I have a student who's still calling other peers names. What do I do when that happens? I'm building the skills. I have the antecedent strategies in place. I'm working on those lagging skills, but the behavior is still occurring at some points. What do I do? How do I respond to that? And that's an excellent question because when peers are involved, we can't just let that behavior go unnoticed, right? We want to make sure that we are doing all the antecedent behavioral skills training, everything like that. But when an inappropriate or undesired behavior happens in our classroom towards another peer, we want to make sure that we are addressing that as well. And there is an outcome to that behavior. So we've also talked on this podcast about natural and logical consequences. So when a student is quote unquote mean to another student or they're disruptive in your classroom or they do something that is not so nice to somebody else, there's a naturally occurring outcome, right? A peer might um, make a comment towards them or something along those lines. If they're being really disruptive, a peer might tell them to be quiet or something, whatever happens naturally in the environment is going to occur. And there can also be a logical consequence to that as well. So say as a teacher, you are going to mediate some sort of consequence when a student calls another student a name. Okay, so a logical consequence might be that they're writing a sorry note to that student, that they're apologizing to that student, that they might be um, sending them an email to that student, whatever, you know, way that your students are going to communicate or that's appropriate for you in your classroom. So just so that that student acknowledges, you know, I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings or I'm sorry that this happened or I'm sorry that I engaged in this behavior. And then you can also do some sort of restorative practices as, a, as an outcome. So you want to get those students together, really rebuild that relationship with the students, have the one student say how that made them feel, have another student really listen and understand, okay, when I say these things, it hurts other people's feelings. 
Again, because you're addressing this from the antecedent and the consequence end, and you're building lagging skills, this is like a true intervention package that can be really, really successful. A lot of times when we see these types of behaviors, we're either addressing it from just the consequence end, or maybe we're just doing, just telling our class not to um, pay attention to those behaviors or what's called planned ignoring, but we really want a really well-rounded, strong, robust intervention package so that we make sure that our students are successful and we're maximizing that student success. So in this episode, we've talked about the antecedent strategies of having a conversation with our class on how we respond to different behaviors and also utilizing the principles and actively caring for people. Remember, it's by Dr. Scott Geller and you can just look up his website. There's a lot of resources for teachers. There is a component of the intervention package that has to do with some sort of wristbands where students earn wristbands for engaging in caring acts. That's not something that you have to utilize, especially if you don't utilize extrinsic reinforcement in your classroom, but you can, you know, provide some sort of praise for student behavior or when you recognize that students are engaging in those caring responses. You can also have students reflect on their peers' behavior and nominate peers for when they see them engaging in caring responses. There's a ton of stuff you can do with it. It's really just a framework that I want you to focus on. And then we also talked about the lagging skills. So we're going to be teaching our students lagging skills and providing reinforcement when they're engaging in those appropriate behaviors. And that naturally occurring reinforcement is going to occur because we're looking at peer mediated behavior. And then we also talked about the outcomes. So what do we do natural and logical consequences for behaviors that are undesired or inappropriate in our classroom, even if we already have the antecedents and we're teaching the lagging skills that might still be occurring. So what is our response going to be to those behaviors? What is the outcome going to be? So I gave you some strategies for natural and logical consequences to these behaviors in your classroom. I hope this episode gave you some actionable strategies and interventions that you can take back to your classroom that you can utilize to maximize student success. If you are looking for some different behavioral and social emotional learning strategies or interventions to utilize in your classroom, there is a link in the description for a free behavior intervention guide that you can utilize with practical, feasible, and easy to implement steps to maximize success in your classroom. If you want to carry on this conversation further, feel free to follow me over on Instagram at teaching behavior together and send me a message. I would love to talk to you more about this and have a great rest of the day.